0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Second Corinthians chapter 5, which reads, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked." For while we were still in this tent, we groaned, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not committing ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right minds, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised." From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer." Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we jump in here to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we continue the thought of the light and momentary affliction that we've talked about in chapter 4, and as Paul is working through that, he doesn't want us just to understand that in terms of maybe a negative reality of the concept of eternity in our lives, but he wants to really put on display how great that is for us, and the reward that awaits, and the destination that awaits. And so let's unpack that today, Chad, as we get started here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5.
1: Yeah, so as you unpack 2 Corinthians 5, I, I think there's multiple things uh, we can look at and really talk about just you know what the Lord has done, how He's transformed us. And we can look at, like, he talks about this transformation. Like, to talk about, uh, you know, the, the old 10 being swallowed up, new 10. Like, what, what does that look like? And it's reminded like, he's really emphasizing there's a transformation work that's happened. And so, again, the, the that transformation work is, is so incredible and so powerful. Is that what it should lead us to is to really know, like, in verse 6, is that, that we have courage. That, again, the comfort of God is how that manifests in our life is the fact we can have courage, how we actually live our life in this transformed way. So for you, like to think about the transformation is when you believe in Christ, like we talked about the veiled face, now it's unveiled. Now we can actually understand the truths of God. We can actually look into his word and start making that application. And we can actually uh, then know, like, I mean, to have confidence that we are in right relationship with what greater comfort is that, Right. And so we look at all these things and we remind them like but so many times these things aren't seen. Like and that's what he's saying, is like you you know, we're 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 walking by faith and not by sight. And it's not to mean like that we don't have the substance to actually have confidence of how we walk. But he's like, yeah, there, there's some things that you don't see. We, we don't see. We have No one that I know of, and I would say there's probably no one outside of Scripture that actually had a window into eternity. We, we get to see that a little bit show up in Revelation. Paul talks about some of that when we get later in Second Corinthians. But even that, like, it's always a mystery. And so we really don't understand the fullness of what eternity is. And all of, and all, all of us haven't been in the presence of God. So we can't even say we've seen that, but doesn't mean we shouldn't lack confidence. We shouldn't lack courage. We we have what God says about himself. And yes, it's true. And he's faithful to it. And so we can sit here and have confidence like none other. And but then it's a reminder like, but that's where our courage is going to come from. It's going to come from him. So what do we do? Well, we live the purpose of life. Oftentimes people say, what is that purpose of life? The purpose of life Verse 9. So, whether we're at home, which he's talking about, turn your way, is that we make our aim to please God. So, there's going to be a time where we all stand before the Lord, whether we believe in him or not. There is going to be the stand, and there is going to be an aspect. For a believer, it's more of a reward or loss of reward. For an unbeliever, that's going to be more, that's judgment. He's going to judge. And so, at some level, we stand before the Lord. And so, we want to make sure, like, with complete confidence. Hey, did we make it our aim to actually please Him, to walk faithfully with Him? Did we strive for that? And so sometimes when we're talking eternity, that for, I remember as a student, that seemed forever away. I didn't see like, hey, I'm not going to be before the Lord tomorrow. And again, that's kind of, you don't know uh, when you'll be before the Lord. But I know for me, like, oh, that's way in this sense I, I got things to worry about right now. And so I concern myself more about what would it please me? What would be a thing for me? And I would just say, hey, be reminded like everything that you do is that you want to context like what's actually going to honor him, what's going to please him. And oftentimes those things aren't going to be the easy things uh, in life. And so I don't know about you, Lee, like being back a student, some of the things that you face that you're like, was my concentration on really pleasing the Lord And maybe even contrast what that looks like for a student who's walking through those things. Yeah, I think definitely something that uh, I struggled
0: with as a student that I think a lot of people also struggle with is... You know, who are we living our lives for? And I think, you know, even in high school, I was a very good student in terms of like the academics of what was going on, but probably not a very good student in terms of like the actual function of learning and being a positive environment person in the classroom. And so those different things of which you would look on the outside and you would say success, 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 these different things. Hey, it's great getting A's, getting into colleges, all of these different things, but was really lacking in terms of truly who I was supposed to be living my life for. And so I think a lot of us then, you spoke to this too, reality, you know, we were kind of on the same path at some point in our life where I was also pursuing medical school, went to six-year medical school here in UMKC. And so I'd gotten into that, thought the whole thing in my life, that was the trajectory was for me to be a doctor so that I could have the money that I wanted to do, the things I wanted to do in my life. I actually even physically had gone through the process of determining which doctors were the easiest to be and uh, which ones had the fewest extra things asked of them beyond just the minimum. And so you look at all these different things that I had done in my life, it was based on what I could do for me for that purpose. And so you think about what's happening there. And basically I'm a professing believer who says my life is all about me. And so wrestling with that reality, what is my life about? Where is my home? Would I rather store up these treasures here on earth, which is what I was wanting to do with that. I'd already determined the type of car, which would be my first purchase, like all of these other things. Yeah. God has given me these great things so I can do these great things for myself rather than God has given me these things for his kingdom. And I think that's really what the second part of this chapter talks about because there's a transition as he starts to say, Hey, if the love of God has grasped you And if you're living in light of eternity and you're understanding that judgment that we just talked about, it's not going to be a reward for some people, but in fact is going to be a very, very hard situation and a very, very dark outcome that, man, you understand the importance of being a minister of reconciliation because we all had somebody who had done that for us. You think about back to our Roman series, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of the gospel. Here he talks about it as being ambassadors, being ministers of reconciliation. And so let's unpack that reality because of it naturally being an overflow of us living in a right relationship with God, understanding that now we're called to be used by him for that.
1: Yeah, that's so good. And I I think when we start thinking about that, and even when it talks about like being controlled by the love of Christ is, we have to remember that being controlled by the love of Christ actually frees us from loving ourselves. You're like, wait, do I really want that? And I promise that you do. Because if you start thinking about if we are out to love ourselves, is you're going to find that your pursuits for these things to satisfy is that you're going to have an insatiable appetite that will never be satisfied. And the more and more that you pursue those things, the less and less substance it is. And so here you are not actually finding contentment and joy. And the other thing that happens is if everybody's living for themselves, guess what? That tears relationships apart. And so by being freed from ourselves to free from the love of self to actually love Christ and let that control our lives is that it changes the trajectory. It actually brings joy uh, and contentment into your life. You will actually be satisfied with the things of Christ versus the trying to find satisfaction from the things of this world, like money, like uh, success, like relationships, all those things, because those things are (laughs) what you find are, they break down and they're often, there might be some short term, Uh, satisfaction from it but it's it's not true satisfaction it's not full satisfaction and so we get to live this life that's free from that and it's loved by christ but it is this message of reconciliation is that i think when we think about what maybe is happening in our life or what others have done to us we've already in previous podcasts talked about forgiveness and those things but it's all based on the fact of what god has done in our life when we think about his reconciliation with us Oftentimes we don't take in the fullness of the penalty of our sin. We don't take in the fullness of how we've actually offended him. He calls us in uh, Ephesians two, children of his wrath. Like everyone who is not in Christ is a child of wrath, meaning that he has judgment against us. We, and we personally and out of our own will and our own desire, seek out to basically offend him and you're like no i'm not seeking to offend god you're, you say you're not but you're kind of blinded to that but you are because you want to go into things of the world and finding sin which is offensive to god and we don't know there how much sin we've ever done against god in fact i think so that's part of the grace of a believer uh, is that the holy spirit doesn't unveil to us all the sin we've done because we would be a mess. We wouldn't know how to handle that. And for an unbeliever, we're, again, that veil is so thick. Is that you're, We're not, as unbelievers, we didn't see that this was sin. We didn't see this. Or, we just thought, hey, we're going to go pursue selfishness. But you know what's funny about the garden is what Adam and Eve were trying to find where they want to seek to be independent from God and do their own thing. And that's why they took of the fruit. That what they thought the promise was. And so many times that we're all taking of that fruit. We are all wanting to seek to be independent of God. We want to be separate from him when we are geared to actually live for him, dependent upon him, and to please him. And so when you think about that, we have an offensive life to God. But even though we were living that way, he, out of his grace, actually reconciled us to himself. (laughs) It talks about, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So here we are, people that are enemies of him, and he actually saves us out of that. But then he goes on and says, hey, not only am I going to save you out of it, I'm actually going to let you be ones who are going to spread this message. Be the fragrance of me, fragrance of God. Remember, that's what we're doing, is we're spreading His fragrance uh, throughout this world. And well, why would that be? Why would he use us, who are sinners, who are enemies of him, who are against him? Why would he change us and transform us to do that? It's Again, that's the fullness of his grace. And something that... We have to wrestle and we have to comprehend because well, we're not going to get to the fullness of that comprehension, but it's a reminder like he has a purpose and he even says here, we are a new creation. He's transformed us. And so for you then to think about as you go, even the people that are hurting you, people that are your enemies. You get to be the fragrance of God to them, and you get to actually, one, express forgiveness or actually seek reconciliation with those people, but just not horizontals like reconciliation. You get to actually talk to them about the opportunity for them to be reconciled to God just as you have been, and that comes through the gospel. And again, by forgiveness, oftentimes people will think about, well, what about me? What about my? Well, you think about how, God, Christ took on your pain, or on your suffering for what should have been for your sin. Like when you compare what, what that actually looks like in your life, and start thinking about that, is He took a far greater uh, weight. And honestly, there's nothing that we bring or offer after that. That He works in us to produce righteousness. So that's part of His grace, His doing. And so when we think about those weights, is then it should be for us like to actually forgive people that hurt us. Compared to what we've been forgiven of by God, it should be something that we not easily can do, but it should be quick to do because, again, of thankfulness and love for Him. Um, So, I mean, for you, like, I mean, you walk through that and think about us being ambassadors. Like, what are other things that you might want to, bring light on about this message of reconciliation. Yeah. You know, one of the images that
0: I see with this that's become kind of popular here is this concept of like zombies, right? We're all like spiritual zombies walking through. And if you had the cure to bring that person back into reality, man, you'd be taking that everywhere. And so this passage to me really talks a lot about the boldness of the gospel And when I say that, I want us to even understand that when we talk about putting the gospel on display, we're not just talking about that with unbelievers, but we're also talking about that within the context of the local church. And so as a minister of reconciliation, that doesn't just mean it's just evangelism, but it's also that discipleship aspect of helping people grow through that. Once you've accepted the gift of God and once you've accepted that forgiveness from him, you are called to forgive the others in your life. And so many times I've seen the church not put that on display within different people where there's factions or disunity. And so they say, Yes, God, you've died for this and for me, but I'm not going to forgive this other person who is being petty or whatever else it is that's going on. And so, you know, that is a huge aspect of what's going on here, is we have this treasure that we've talked about. We have the gospel, the fullness of the goodness of God displayed through Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins that is now such a central part of our life that it overflows into Every aspect of all we do and motivates, hopefully, everything that we do. And when it's not doing those things, we bring it back into uh, the right relationship. We bring it back into the way it should be so that God is on display in everything. And so that's another one of those things, man. I hope, and that's my prayer for you as you listen to this podcast today, that you're allowing the truth of the gospel to penetrate to every single part of your life so that the life that you live is truly an overflow of the grace that God has put on display in your life. And so as you walk through this passage, as you study that, meditate on that truth, and I pray that you find that it's grown in your faithfulness and your obedience to God each day. Know today you were loved.